Stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about bros finding love in the wilderness. And the tiny but mighty Girl Scouts who are there to whip them into shape. With their demon voices and their bugles. Here to break down week four of Charity's Bachelorette Journey is comedian, writer, and co-host of the Lady to Lady and Toxic podcast, Tess Barker. Thanks so much for joining us, Tess. Thanks so much for having me. We're very We're so excited. excited. That this, yeah, a lot, a lot to dig into in this episode, honestly. Yeah, I'm excited to have this be the episode we're going to discuss because it was a big one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, got a, you got a quality one. Mm-hmm. But before we get into all of the drama that happened this week on, on Charity's journey to find love, we need to discuss a new friend of ours, <laughs> the Golden Bachelor. <laughs> my, my dear friend and fellow Hoosier... Gary Turner, 71, a restaurateur, a father, a grandfather, our new, our new, like, possibly greatest bachelor figure. Like, we've had so many dud bachelors. Could this man save the franchise just by being old? I'm maybe, (laughs) maybe, honestly, that gives him something different and I am here for it. Yeah. Maybe a few decades will make him as interesting as a woman. Yeah. That's what I'm banking on, right? (laughs) I think that's, I mean, that's my hope with being a a woman who partners with men. Mm -hmm. Like when we get to 71. Yeah. My male partner will be as interesting as I am now. As as we've been our whole lives. Yeah, exactly. It's just goals. I mean, and this guy truly does seem like built in a lab to be the perfect golden bachelor. Like, it makes sense now that they spent two years casting him. (laughs) He's like a girl dad and a girl granddad. His daughters are the ones who nominated him. He is about to be 72 in like three weeks, but looks 52 
And of course, he's not divorced. He has been widowed. Yes. Of course. We're not... I I wonder if it's going to be the same progression on The Golden Bachelor where they become like incrementally a little bit more progressive each season or... (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Like, are these women going to have to all say they want kids? I mean, they (laughs) they don't have much choice at this point. (laughs) They have to want to be a bonus grandma already. (laughs) I, I do think that like... You, there's something that that it speaks to his like his character, right? When women who get sick are left by their husbands at such at such astronomical rates, we're just like, where can we find even one man who stayed with his <laughs> wife through an illness? And and here he is, and here he is, and he has a full <laughs> head of hair. Like you can imagine, like the seventy one with hair. Yeah, guys, they must have <laughs> had to really search for this one. I mean. He, someone commented on our Instagram that he looks like an AI, like, aged-up version of one of the men who is on the normal <laughs> Bachelor, Bachelorette franchise. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's what they were going for. And I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older, but, like, he's giving real Silver Fox. Like, he's giving John Slattery. He's, yes. I, find, I think he's, like, hotter than most of the guys they choose to be The Bachelor. Yeah. Honestly agree. Well, <laughs> as women, once we hit the age of 35, our dating pool <laughs> is men from the age of 45 to 80. That's my understanding, right? Yeah, right, right? Exactly. Men yeah, our age exactly. are just like, nice try. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm looking for a 21-year-old. Excuse me. I do, I do wonder what the ages of these women are going to be. I have to imagine a lot of them are going to be like 20 years younger than him. Oh, yeah. But, I th- yeah. I'm, an- I'm absolutely anticipating some 40-year-olds on this show. <laughs> yeah, I think the age discourse <laughs> might be interesting, depending <laughs> on who they cast. I think you're right. I think there is an assumption that women who are, like, 50 read as about the same age as men who are 75. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In this context, so. There's, it's, it's probably going to get dark, but I am I am excited. This man seems sweet and wholesome, and his daughters and granddaughters seem to adore yeah. him. So, like, and like frankly, this, this franchise just fucking needed a reset. And so maybe this is it. Am I mm-hmm. a little nervous about a businessman from Indiana? <laughs> and his politics? His politics and, like, Cor- his yes. whole deal? Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Like, I grew up in Indiana. I know it can get gnarly, but you never know. Like, maybe he's just a wonderful guy. Has anyone checked his Twitter likes or his Instagram follows? Um, oh. He, like, didn't seem to have an Instagram at all before this, and he's now Golden Batch Jerry. Okay, so. I mean, okay. Golden Batch Gary. <laughs> what we need is his Facebook. That's yeah, the thing. He's a, yeah, exactly. This man, you think this man was using Instagram? No, no. He's not a millennial. <laughs> no, he didn't even have a MySpace. He missed MySpace. Like, oh, yeah. 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 His kids like, had he, MySpace. Exactly, exactly. And I'm like, I mean, we talk about it in this episode too, but like they make them do so much daredevil stuff on the show. I'm like, are we going to have the 70-year-old man jumping out of helicopters and shit? Just like flinging his body into the abyss. Honestly, I would be there for for that. If they're going to make Charity do it, I think they can make Gary do it. Exactly. Uh, I think that we should should dig into Charity's episode because there's a lot. As much as I would love to just continue talking about The Golden Bachelor, I also really want to talk about Charity and... Week four of her journey, which they've packed a lot into this episode. And they have to, because apparently we're only going to have like eight episodes of this season. They're whipping through it. 
That's why we get down to our final six by the end of this episode. They're like, it's time. Let's get it going. (laughs) So we open in Stevenson, Washington. Charity has never been there. Neither have I. I actually haven't heard of it. No. And like they're choosing random. I that was my thought last night is like the lo- the guys on this one got kind of boned on the locations. Like yeah. Oceanside, California, it's pretty, but like Oceanside, like okay, and then Stevenson, Washington, it's just like they just chose like random they opened up a triple A map and just chose two random cities on the West Coast. Well, it's always like the bachelor they're going to all these exotic locations like Paris and Fiji and all these places. And then on The Bachelorette, they're like, we got to make our money back now. How much can we get out of Virginia Beach <laughs> to, like, have an episode here? Um, but did you consider the most important thing about <laughs> Stevenson, Washington, which is that it has the most Bigfoot sightings ever? Well, of course I hadn't considered that because I don't know anything about Stevenson, Washington. And that is <laughs> right. why Stevenson, Washington paid so much money clearly, or offered so much for free so that they would talk about the Bigfoot sightings for, like, five minutes out of this episode (laughs) on primetime television. But finally, it's time to get into the actual (laughs) content of the episode, which is the first date card. Jesse whips it out, hands it over, and it is addressed to Dotton. Let's leap into love. This is the first week, right, of two one-on-ones and one group date because they finally have a small enough group. I I was happy at this point. All I wanted from this episode was for Dotton to have a one-on-one date. And it's happening, finally. Yeah, Charity, I think he's the one, right? Like, ugh, they've I, got I, something. I, I agree. I think he's it. I think he's the, the winner. Uh, and I'm here for it. Me too. Like, I think they legitimately do have great chemistry and to the point where I'm like, what are we going to do for the... Like, it's so clearly him to me. Like, I don't know. I, I just think yeah. they're so cute together. I really like him. That's why they have to wrap it up in just eight episodes. <laughs> like, everyone knows <laughs> it's Dotton. <laughs> like, how can you compete with, with what they have together? Charity picks him up in a Jeep, and they drive off. And the other men, maybe they're sensing this too. They're left just downcast and commiserating about how hard it is to see Charity with other guys as their own feelings for her are growing deeper and deeper. And to be fair, some of these guys like Caleb and Sean, you're just like, are they really growing that deep? (laughs) They are very insistent that they are growing deep. Sean is just like, obviously my connection is so deep with Charity that I wouldn't dare waste a moment complaining about how difficult this is. In in one of the few times that I actually agree with Brayden, he's like, why is Sean going on and on about his deep connection with Charity? He barely knows her. And also he looks like Prince Charming from Shrek. And these are two facts. Yeah. Exactly. When he pointed out Sean's butt chin, I was like, Brayden got the assignment. These are the kind of lines we want. <laughs> this from this our is bad good guy. villain energy. This exactly. is like, if you're going Comedic. to be a dick the whole time, give us some punchlines. I appreciate exactly. that. Thank you. Um, I will say that the guys are all just doing the produced thing that you're supposed to do, which is to sit around having man chats and being like, oh, I'm really so into charity. It's so hard to see her connecting with other guys. And Brayden is like, what's going on? <laughs> what are these men talking about? 
they don't know charity that well. Because <laughs> Brayden is real. Okay. Right. He is real. He's real. <laughs> he's too real. And so he's also mad just generally still because Aaron questions his questioned his intentions last week. And he's like, I am being pulled into drama just because I'm such a strong competitor. I have the strongest connection with her. She gave me the first impression rose. She took me on the date. She didn't take away my rose, even though she really thought about it pretty hard. And you know what? I know what her favorite color is, which none of these (laughs) other guys do. Ask me what her favorite color is. It's blue. Y'all, this was also a talking point on Paradise. These men are obsessed with knowing favorite colors. (laughs) Also, Zach asked in his season a favorite color. And like, have you guys ever been on a date with a guy and he asked your favorite color? I would leave. Never. What is this, second grade? (laughs) Yeah, like literally never. Never. This is why. It's not relevant. We need to stick the men back in the freezer until they're 71. (laughs) And then maybe they can at least ask you what your favorite record is. Right. (laughs) It's really, Zach asked like five different women what their favorite colors were. Like, who I, again, I went through that whole season and my husband still doesn't know what my favorite color is. And honestly, I don't really think about what my favorite color is that much either. It's not because we're grown adults. adults. It should never come up. I do know that Ariel Frankel's favorite color is green, though. (laughs) That was my main takeaway from Zach's season to The Bachelor. Oh my God. We we need to we need to give these men some new some new conversation prompt cards. But Dotton and Charity do not need any help. They're having nothing but good vibes mm-hmm. on their date. But he is a little worried because of the date card prompt. He's like, I think this date will involve heights, which is one of my fears. And I wonder how many people are gonna be like, Oh, you're afraid of heights, you're six seven. Like, how's that? Must be scary all the time. (laughs) Well, honestly, it must be because you've like much farther to fall. But I guess you get used to that, right? I just, I just think, I think about it all the time when I see like little kids falling and I'm like, it's fine. You, you, so, so little to fall. So little space to fall. It literally doesn't Once you're an adult. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, (laughs) things are going to break. And like Dotton has a lot of surface area in which things could go wrong if he falls. That's true. And if you're thrown off something, that's just like even more body to be like flinging around. Exactly. You know what? I'm 5'4", and I'm also terrified of falling just from a standing position at this point in my life. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm 5'2". And so being 6'7", like I I can only only imagine. imagine. So they stop at a bridge deep in the wilderness, which is one of the tallest in North America, even taller than six foot seven. Someone is bungee jumping <laughs> off of it, shrieking. Of course, Dotton was right. It is a height state. And the thing is that Charity also seems incredibly terrified of heights. They're both shaking. Does she with not fear. get veto power over these dates at all? Like she clearly really doesn't want to do this. That's how I felt. Like obviously the producers have a heavy we know the producers this, this is a show written by the producers. This is their show, but I'm like, do they, they must consent to these dates, right? Like, I think at one point they had her say something like, I thought this was going to be more fun when I agreed to it. And I was like, did they put her on camera just so that we could see her say she agreed to it? (laughs) Don't worry. We're not holding charity hostage. She has free will. She signed a contract. (laughs) It, It made me like she was crying 
before they jumped. Yes. Like she was she was weeping. She was holding onto Dotton like he's like a tree trunk that was going to prevent her from going over the edge. Dotton is so nervous that he says in his in the moment, one of my biggest heights is fears. <laughs> They're both crumbling. <laughs> yes. And I just wanted to save them. <laughs> I say this as someone who's been bungee jumping and actually really enjoyed it. I was like, they should not do this. Like, they did, like, if you're that scared, don't do it. Yeah. Oh, my God. When I, like, jumped into a cenote once and, like, it was, like, I don't know, like, 30 feet. Oh, my God. That's so many feet. It was so many feet. It literally took me 45 minutes to talk myself into jumping. Right. I like would kept running and like getting to the edge and then my body, everything in my body was like, don't fucking do this. This is a stupid no. thing you can do. Why would you throw yourself off of a cliff? Yeah. You know what? And I'll never do it again. A diving board that's five feet above the pool water is too high for me. I don't <laughs> like that's, I'm getting a lot of momentum up going down into the water. God knows what could happen once I'm <laughs> underneath yeah. it. Like I, so. And they, they were both so scared. I was like worried one of them was gonna have like a panic reaction and try to grab the bridge or something. Like yeah. it felt it felt like oh mean. God. It felt mean. Yeah, this felt but you know what? The payoff is huge because once they do it, they feel they're bonded. Bonded mm-hmm. for life. They feel amazing. They there's a ju- reason that they used to do these kind of dates all the time on these shows because there is actual science behind yeah. The idea that doing these like high adrenaline terrifying activities with a new partner will increase your emotion for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost felt like they kind of wasted this date in the sense that Dotton and Charity seemed like such a good match that they don't need this. And you could get more dramatic mileage out of like fear bonding Charity with some also ran type guy like Sean. Mm-hmm. And making I'm her into think it, there's more to the relationship than there is. But I'm not as an evil producer, so I'm happy that Dotton and Charity got to do this together. They feel so connected. She's like, I feel really safe and protected with Dotton, which is something I always feel like I give to partners and I don't get back. A rainbow stretches over the river as they drink champagne. They literally sigh in sync. Like, they're the same Person. They are. They've uh, and like it's meant to be. It does. It feels like one of those times on the show where you're like, I feel like you actually did find your person on this show. Yeah, it happens sometimes on Bachelorette, especially. Yeah, yeah. Their odds are not zero. I'm I'm feeling optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back to check in on the men at the house. Can you keep up? I like. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts. It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola. Yes, I've thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website. 
There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process. It would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly, truly have it all. Because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pickup or drop-off, you're making a lunch, you're like dealing with some need that your children have, or you're working. And Aloe Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in, in those spare moments when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time. I can do a yoga class. I can do something that gets my heart rate up. And it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code LTSI20. alomoves.com code LTSI20. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should, learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks and... It's been really helpful because my French is not good, but now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. <laughs> you can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we are back and back at the lodge. The conflict between Brayden and Aaron is brewing, obviously. 
And we get to see these like two opposing conversations cut back and forth. One between Aaron and Joey on the couch and another between Brayden and Xavier walking outside in the midst. And I will say that Xavier keeps turning around, looking behind his back, which struck me as like, can I escape this conversation (laughs) with Brayden like the entire time? Yeah, I suspect that these were arranged man chats because Mm -hmm. they really have an expository feel like they know that they have been assigned to go out or sit on the couch and talk about this issue in a way that gets on camera all Mm -hmm. the developments. Um, I also was like, is Xavier worried that the other guys are going to see him with Brayden? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's like, please, no one associate me with this guy. I'm very concerned. He's like, who's watching? Can we drive into town for this? Like, I really don't want to (laughs) be caught by the other men. Can I wear a wig? Yeah. Yeah, what happened to the wig? Like, they should have kept that so guys could talk to Brayden without being excommunicated. So Brayden is telling Xavier that Charity is pissed off at him, and he doesn't know why, because everything Aaron told her, he had already told her, she already knew. And he's like, Aaron was just threatened by me. He was just trying to take me down. Aaron, to Joey, is like, I didn't do it to drag him down as a threat. I wasn't trying to be competitive. And you know what? Charity also told me that she had noticed some concerning things about Brayden, so I wasn't even the first to bring this to her attention. Joey then makes a point. This is one of the moments that made it feel incredibly produced to me. He's like, of course, I thank you, and I have thanked you many times for what you said. I'm always thanking you off camera because it might help Charity focus on the guys who are here for the right reasons, and that's so important. And then we get this from Brayden. I think we have a clip. Over anything else about the situation, the biggest thing that's hard for me is the fact that you don't get to see her off. She's always going to be on. She's always going to be in that role of, like, I have to be the bachelorette. I just want you to stop being the bachelorette for one minute and just be <laughs> off with me. I'm a for sure, dude. I know I'm a But I'm a 100%. <laughs> I like that they bleep dick. <laughs> As if he's not the embodiment of a dick. Yeah. And then later in the episode, they don't bleep bitch. And I'm like, oh, what? Interesting. What's They bleep bitch once and then not the second time. It's really? I don't understand. Anyway, <laughs> does Brayden have a, a point here? I guess I'm wondering that it's a lot to be going through this process and dating the bachelorette and She's always, like, on with them, and then you're supposed to get engaged. Or is he just, like, being a dick? Both. <laughs> Both. And he's doing that thing that happens quite frequently where it's, like, he forgets that he's on The Bachelorette. <laughs> you know? Like, that's right, what right, you right. signed up for. Like, this is a long-standing institution. You should be v- well aware with the the, the artifice of the show. And the other thing I don't buy is, to me, like I said, Brayden, he, he gets what we're looking for in a heel. He's doing everything we're looking for in a bad guy. He's giving us liners. I don't buy that those earrings were on before he was on the show. I think those <laughs> came on for the season. So, like, you're clearly doing things knowing you're on a TV show and, like, playing things up for the producers. So to be doing that and then acting so shocked and surprised by the the produced kind of, like, reality show aspect of this experience just doesn't add up. It's- right. Like, I think it it is obviously a challenge to date within this kind of atmosphere, like for all of them. Like that is a reality. It is produced. You are not going to see the totality of who a person is because you have very limited time and there are 
actual, like they're all doing a job. They're all playing a role to an extent. On the other hand, this is a convenient way for him to, again, punt responsibility for his behavior onto charity. Yeah. Like he, it's another great way for him to be like, well, I was like forced to act like a dick because this is just so hard for me. And I'm like really a victim in all of this. I also want to point something out that like really started to niggle at me on my like third consideration of this scene, which is that men are always accusing the bachelorette of performing (gasps) And it's yes. not something that we really see on The Bachelor. Like, the women aren't going around being like, oh, my God, all we're getting is The Bachelor. And, like, I just want him to be him. Like, why can't he just, like, put down the facade and just, like, be himself with me? It's all, like, a performance. But, like, I feel like almost every Bachelorette, we get at least one guy freaking out being like, you're fake. You're performing. At least in the last few seasons. Yeah. But definitely. They're definitely... There are some gendered things going on here where there is this idea of women as fundamentally um, performative, putting on a certain... Yeah, yeah, deceitful, two-faced, putting on a performance in a way that is going to, like, fool the man that they are in a courtship with. And I feel like we see shades of that in in this exchange. A hundred percent. And then another thing that we're seeing going on here is, like, it's another case where he's kind of saying two conflicting things. Like, he's been contending this whole time that that he and Charity have this incredible connection, but he's also saying, I don't get to see the real her. She's just the bachelorette. I don't actually get to know her. And it's like, well, which is it? Do you have this unique connection with this person or are you super frustrated that she's being fake around you? He just says whatever comes to his mind in the moment. Like, he'll also be like, oh, I I know, I feel confident that I have the best connection with her. And then five minutes later, he's like, I don't know where I stand with you. Right. I'm like, well... Well, it seemed a few minutes ago like you felt really good about where you stood with her. It's just a constantly shifting narrative from him. So the group date card arrives, and it is addressed to Joey, Aaron, Michael, Caleb, Brayden, Sean, John, and Tanner. Meet me in the woods. This means Xavier is getting the one-on-one. Yay! I love this for Xavier, Mm -hmm. our sweet, sweet knitting prince. (laughs) And Brayden is the only guy who seems super thrilled about the date card. He's like, hiking outside is one of my favorite places in the world to be. And I don't know if it's just the ominous background music they started to give to him (laughs) or what, but a pretty terrifying thing to hear from a big, solid white man that you don't entirely trust Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's like trying to get you hiking in the woods he's like we got to spend a lot of time out there where no one can hear you scream like you know it's just like making me a little you're like have i just been listening to too many true crime podcasts or is this legitimately terrifying a little bit of both um and meanwhile on the night date dotton and charity are having a very cozy time roasting marshmallows and making Swoon. s'mores over a fire pit in the woods. He's never had s'mores before. I, I was just like, Dotton, I too will show you yes. how to roast marshmallows <laughs> over an open fire. <laughs> they are super snuggly. They seem so comfortable and happy together. And Dotton is like ready to propose. He's falling hard. He's like, I... She's pretty. She's cool. I bungee jumped with her and we survived. 
I think it's she's becoming set yeah. in stone that it's that she's my person. Set in stone. Which again, that could this could be a recipe for disaster a few episodes from now. Like anytime you get this set in stone on episode four, there's gonna be some conflict before we get to the end, I think. At least yeah. a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Especially from what we see from the like rest of season promo that we get at the end of this episode. Like mm-hmm. Some shit is going to hit the fan. Although, but for I now, will say, this is really like episode six to seven. <laughs> yeah, true. In a normal season, <laughs> which it's just moving through at a lightning pace. Uh, but Dotton opens up to her a little bit more. He's always, He's been telling her like a little bit more about himself each time we see them together. And he tells her but this time about how he came to the States when he was four. And his auntie called his mom. And basically was like, there's a new visa lottery that you should sign up for. And he got a visa through that lottery and came to the States with his parents. And he talks about what a struggle it was for them to make a new life for him and for their family in this country. And how, like, incredible that was. And Charity... Really, really like relates to this, and she's like, "My parents worked so hard to provide us a good life as well." I think we have a clip of her response. You know, being in a suburban area where there was people that looked like me, but also not like it was literally yeah. just me, and <laughs> I kind of developed this like achievement, like oriented mindset that yeah. I had to be the best at everything that I I did. And I think when people like look at me now, it's like. It's not just this perfectly poised girl. Like, that's not me. Like, I'm not. Like, yes, I'm able to exude that energy, but, like, I want to find my person. I want to be a mom. Like, there's so many different facets of me. I really loved this moment, especially coming shortly after the Brayden moment where he's like, she's always on. And one of the reasons that women, especially, like, a woman like Charity, a Black woman, might feel compelled to always be on is self-protective and Mm -hmm. to be able to Mm -hmm. to be you know safe and to be able to be accepted in as many places as possible to achieve as much as possible and I don't think that Brayden is giving her the space to feel that safety because he's only focused on his own emotional safety but with Dotton she's like she's she's realizing she doesn't have to have that poised front up because they're they relate to each other in this much more mutual way which i think is very they just seem so comfortable together it's really really wonderful exactly there's no talk about favorite colors and (laughs) and like i thought one of the most genuine moments i've seen like the whole episode is like when they first got in the car together and she's like i was really glad it was you and I'm like, yeah, they fucking love each other. Like, you yeah. know, like that didn't yeah. feel like the producer was telling her to say that. It felt like, okay, Loki, I'm like really glad it was you. Like, yeah. Yeah. She always tries to find the positive about every guy, but it's funny how, like, also honest she kind of is. Like, with Warwick, she's just like, I don't know. He's really cute. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I guess if he we'll has find a personality. Out. <laughs> oh, he doesn't. Okay, <laughs> moving on. And with Dotton, she's like, "Oh, genuinely, like I'm, I'm really excited to be spending the day with you specifically." Um, and I believe that they seem so comfortable together. And Dotton talks about how people always want to put them into boxes and like, "Oh, people just look at me as a tall athlete, but I know there's more to me and there's more to you than the box people want to put you in." 
they make out. Charity is like so happy. She's like, this could be my person. And so she offers him the rose. And Dotton is basically like, we are getting married. He's like, this is a perfect match. Maybe I'm just a big lover boy, but I can't imagine anyone has connected this strongly. And frankly, same. I agree mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is it. This is end game. Yeah. My my predictions have really solidified into Dotton as the final one and Joey or Xavier as next bachelor. Same. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like that, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious, based on the trailer, whether Joey is going to have uh, some sort of reputation ruining arc but they can make yeah, lots it's, of it's things very, look it's very hard to tell because i noticed that they've been chopping up the same clips in like different orders and so yeah hard to tell who who anything's about they're, yet they're, they're sneaky like that but yeah i think those are really good predictions based on what we've seen i at least want to see joey on batch and dice because i do want more from him like he's cute yeah. and fun he's just th- not right for charity i don't think that he's done in this franchise, at, no, like he's I, a he was an instant hit. I think we're getting Brayden and Aaron in Paradise. No, due due to the nature of Dice, yeah, probably, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the Paradise could certainly encompass all of those things because they also need true. they also need the first some Sam romantic type guy, yeah, right. the romantic leads. I feel like the cutest couples come from Paradise, and I could see Joey being in, like, a really good, solid couple, so. 100%. If, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely There's see some, that. Like, real quality guys from what we have seen on mm-hmm. this season, and I would like to see more from, like, a lot of them, Yeah, honestly. Uh, we see some of them on the group date, which takes place the next day. Brayden has got his big walking stick out. And the gentlemen are following him single file into the woods in their flannels and shawl collar cardigans. Guess who's wearing a shawl collar cardigan? Sean. Sean. (laughs) Sean. (laughs) And, of course, you know, Patagonia vests. They're in their, like, woodsman finest. Except for Brayden, who's just wearing, like, a button-down shirt. He doesn't do jackets, Claire, because he's a real man. And real men risk hypothermia. (laughs) That's what masculinity is. Yeah, testosterone makes you never cold. Yeah. Yeah, it's how it works. No, this is very, like, the guy that, you know, in college who grew up in California and he refuses to wear pants in December. Mm -hmm. And you're like, it's 30 degrees out. And he's like, I don't even feel it, man. Like, that's Brayden, though. (laughs) Like, he's like, I'm so manly, but in this way that's just, like, a guy from San Diego who refuses to acknowledge that you can't wear shorts every day. I was waiting for Brayden to be like, I no longer wear shoes on this show. <laughs> he, like, basically just stopped wearing shoes. Like, he comes through the woods on a cold night in flip-flops later. Oh, my God. Again, very guy down the hall at college <laughs> from 100. Southern California. And to be fair, Brayden was in college fairly recently. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, it's like he has a checklist of things that will make other people uncomfortable just by looking at him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, does it bother you that I'm clearly freezing? <laughs> Sounds like a you problem. But honestly, I fucking love this date. Charity Charity greets all of the dudes in cream pants, a blush puffer, a white sweater, and a beanie. I'm glad to see she's not trying to be freezing and yet still stylish. Mm-hmm. She's always in a in a good puffer, and I respect that. It's okay to be prepared for the cold. 
She also has some friends with her to help her run the shit out of this date. (laughs) And it is three adorable Girl Scouts. They're prepared. They are not fucking around. These girls know everything. They are ready to like look these men in the eye and be like, you are nothing. (laughs) I did like that. It always, to me, like when they bring kids on the show, I'm always like, I feel so weird about this, to be honest. Like, it's like, why are we having kids do it's already It's already weird when the producers do these kind of like skit things, but like to me, this felt like no shade to the little girls, but like they weren't that good of actors. No, that's part of the charm. <laughs> I think that's why I liked it because uh, it gave me very like when I was in Girl Scouts doing skits, yeah, and had, like to energy and like how thrilling it would have been if your Girl Scout troop got chosen to like on TV. Yeah. I mean. And also watching all of the men trying not to laugh at the little girls while also being genuinely a little bit afraid of the girls because they're in charge of the date. I like that mixture of like, because I do like as a a mom of a toddler, I'm constantly trying not to laugh when he is deadly serious doing something extremely hilarious. (laughs) And you're like, and also you're terrified. No, totally. Like you're the boss. (laughs) And also I'm terrified. Um, It's so real. And Charity wants kids, you know, so she's got to know how they're going to handle it. And I preferred this dynamic to the times when they like bring kids on and they're like, and now parent them. (laughs) I know. It just feels like so, it's like we're trying so hard to appeal to like the segment of the country that's like the only thing that women can care about is kids you know what I mean? Like, why are we bringing this into this a date? But this felt different to me. It this did. This felt different to me because they were like a purpose. They actually had a set of skills. Like, you do learn a lot of outdoors skills when you're in a scout troop. Yes. And like, these girls seemed really in on it. Like, they were having fun. Also, oh, yeah. And they were yes-handing each other like crazy. Like, they yeah, were doing exactly. a great job riffing off of each other. Yeah. yeah they're like, we yes. are future improv stars. <laughs> yes. This is our, these are our building blocks. <laughs> Tanner is excited. He's like, I love kids. I can't wait to be a dad. And then he says, honestly, I look at myself as a girl dad. I'm kind of a softy. I was texting Claire being like, (laughs) is this an identity that men now claim before they have children? It is. And it needs to stop. I'm a girl dad. It's weird. Weird. (laughs) Like, what, what does that even, what does that mean to you? And how in your head is that different than being a boy dad? Right. And isn't a girl dad just a mom? (laughs) I mean, he's like, I love the idea of, like, having daughters and, like, being such a good dad to daughters. But you know what? Boys also benefit from having dads who are kind of softies. He's like, no, if I'm a boy dad, I will be bullying my son. Right. Like what are the what are the kindnesses you're planning on extending a female child that you wouldn't extend a male child? Like what? Like, that's dark. Troubling. Examine that. And do it soon, (laughs) Tanner, because let me tell you, I speak from experience. You don't get to choose. You can... You can have <laughs> you can have kids and you will love them very much, but they might all be boys. So I hope that you're prepared to be a big softie with them. One of the scouts, uh, Aria, is the standout, I think, uh, performer. She has a particularly steely gaze. The men are terrified. They're like, why is this girl staring at us like that? She's like, I will kill you. I really related to her. I was known for my terrifying stares as as a girl of her age. They announced that the men will be competing in challenges and the winner will get extra time with charity at the most romantic place in the forest, the kissing tree. Okay, 
they clearly just have a sign that says the kissing tree that they carry around with them on the road and they put up on a tree at whatever the date location is. Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. There's always there's always a freaking kissing tree on the <laughs> It's very convenient for them. (laughs) Yeah. And like from the art department standpoint, like, yeah, let's do a kissing tree. That's so easy. Yeah. No, it's extremely easy. All you need is a little wooden sign with red lettering that says the kissing tree, which is like always what it looks like. Always. No matter what what part of the country they're in. On a budget. It harkens back. Do you guys remember the seasons like when it was peak COVID when the dates would be like they would just paint a piece of cardboard? Oh, 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 my God. (laughs) Like it harkened back to those low rent times. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, the date today is to stand under a tree. Yes. (laughs) Uh, On that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the rest of Charity's episode. Can you keep up? I like loving. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... uh, and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible, like, neoprene weekender bag And it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white, or rosé. As always, I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines. Just for you. Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored. Choose when the wine is delivered and how often to get new assortments of wine. If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts. As someone who loves wine but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and 
what it goes with. This is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better. I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection. And it was so good. And it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself a quiz, and good wine. I mean, everyone's winning here. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first box. That's T-R-Y firstleaf.com slash LTSI. Tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. And we are back and we return to the first challenge and the little girls who wisely are trying to identify who are the smartest and stupidest of the bunch. They're like, who's smarter, Joey or Brayden? And Charity laughs and it's like, obviously not Brayden. Which is is clear because the first challenge is actually to find something for Charity to eat. So they're foraging. And Brayden is demonstrating his intelligence by just like picking up random things in the forest and taking bites of them. I believe we have a clip. I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing right now. <laughs> I'm just picking up random stuff and eating it. Normally my friends are always telling me, don't eat that, don't put that in your mouth, and here, like, no one's stopping me. I eat some mushrooms I found. Not sure if that was the best idea. <laughs> Brayden, who told you to do that? No one told you to sample the mushrooms. Stop it. I, I was really hoping that he was going to just, like, come across some psilocybin and end up having a really fun time. <laughs> then we'd see Bigfoot for sure. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, of course, Brayden's the guy that his friends are constantly like, it's not cool to die by eating poison by accident. Of course, he's that guy. His friends have to. They're not here to stop me. I love to die and poison myself. Literally, this being friends with him sounds like parenting a two year old. Please don't put that in your mouth. Please don't put that in your mouth. Why are you putting that in your mouth? That's not food. (laughs) Yeah, he reeks of the NyQuil challenge. Oh my God. <laughs> it's incredible. He must have many good friends to like still be alive at this point in his life. Yeah, so true. <laughs> Michael is like, what is Brayden doing? Like, it's freezing. He's out here without a coat. <laughs> Apparently, that's what makes a man. He's, I mean, and Brayden is literally like bragging throughout the date. He's like, I'm going to keep opening up buttons. I'm going to get more and more dominant by the day. Every button is more dominance. He's doing, like, weird bird calls. Tanner is like, I don't know what's going on with Brayden, but he is overcompensating for something. And I appreciate that we're at a level of masculinity discourse where other guys on The Bachelor are able to identify when men are compensating. Mm -hmm. I was like, thank you, Tanner. (laughs) Thank you, Michael. These are the correct reactions. (laughs) They're like, we know about overcompensation now. And then I'm like, did Bra- I get in my head a little bit with this kind of behavior? Because I'm like, did Brayden know that, like, he's about to leave and he's doubling down? Because he knows he has to Brayden, like, super hard and go out in a blaze of glory? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I... Brayden's, hard to say. It's hard. It's always hard to say with Brayden. That he's definitely doubling down for some reason. I don't know if yes. it's because he thinks he's going to leave or if it's because he's, like, spinning out because he is trying to impress Charity, or if he's just fully a producer plant, the level of matching outfits that he has with Charity becomes 
truly suspicious in this mm. episode. And I'm just like, what is going on That's with Brayden? None of it's adding up. I'm a conspiracy theorist. But they present their findings from this date and or from this challenge. Sean starts out by joking that the little girls seemed so cute, but they're little demons. They're not impressed by this. They're like, who makes fun of cute little girls? We're not demons. And then Arya turns to the other two and does an incredible demon voice. This and they, was they both seem genuinely terrified. And that's how she got this role. We see the yeah. audition tape in the piece. Although then I was like, could a girl even, like, could a little girl even make that noise? Or was that a computer effect? And they, like, had the girls no, coach no, them. No, I've, I've, I've heard kids make <laughs> noises like yeah. that. It was like, it shook me. It truly shook me. Absolutely. It was incredible. Uh, Tanner is really salty during this presentation because Brayden has stolen his idea for a little charcuterie-style foraging board. But the good news is that the Girl Scouts aren't that impressed with Brayden's charcuterie-style board either. I think we have a clip. I can make fried frog No, literally. Wow. <laughs> so good. I promise what are you doing? Why are you eating it? Are you dumb? <laughs> Who is eating it? Who's eating it? Brayden! Hey, Brayden, do less, bro. <laughs> Brayden, like, literally won't stop eating the food that yeah. he foraged. He's eating just, like, dirty beets. It looks like a wild beet or something, yeah. 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 And I'm like, yes, that is edible, but traditionally you wash that off. Yeah. Before you take a big That's old chomp of it. That's not manly, Emma. It's not manly to wash That's produce. true. It's really manly to just eat a bunch of filthy dirt and shove it right in your pie hole. And it feels aggressive because it's dirty and because beets are like what they use for fake blood like in Impossible Burgers. Yeah. And like his That's teeth why he, it are looks like he's bleeding red. between his teeth. Yeah. yeah. Looks- also, they did cut in um, an external sound of chomping for that. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> the sound design in this episode felt really juiced up. Yeah. And you know what? I'm here for it. Do more. Mm-hmm. Like, t- like Brayden, do less. But The Bachelor <laughs> and The Bachelorette needs to do more. We want more camp. <laughs> it's really incredible. He's presenting his board and he's like, I did try some of it. And they're like, you, you ate the food that you brought us to eat? And he's like, yeah, I wanted to make sure it wasn't poisonous. And they're just like... Why would you do that? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> They're like, you idiot. None of us are eating this. <laughs> None of us are eating this. <laughs> it's actually very hard for even expert foragers to tell for sure that mushrooms are safe. So maybe don't. <laughs> After this, they do a chalkboard quiz, which has already been used at least once this season. They're really going hard on quizzes. They have questions like, how would you keep Charity warm with no fire? Brayden says, give her all my clothes. Not going to do much because he's barely wearing any. This <laughs> her is feet are still going to be cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you eat to stay alive? They all say Brayden, except for <laughs> Brayden, who says Sean. <laughs> I loved this. Also, I was like, wow, love that like yellow jackets inspo coming into The Bachelorette. <laughs> Like so you dark. might have to eat one of your teammates. Yeah, yeah. Choose. Well, and, and the obvious answer is Brayden. Yeah, and it feels like in charity, I think makes a comment like, "Oh, they're all against Brayden." Yeah, and in that moment, it seemed to me like she wasn't quite hip to what was going on. Like it seemed like she was almost still sympathizing with Brayden. Like poor Brayden, they all want to eat him. <laughs> yeah, I felt in that moment. I wondered if she was having a moment of like. 
oh, I've heard these like critiques from like my brother and from Aaron B. But this is the first moment when I'm realizing that everyone hates Brayden. And this is new information. <laughs> yeah. The sitcom we all deserve. Everyone yeah. hates Brayden. Everyone hates Brayden. <laughs> Another thing that Claire and I both noted is that Brayden and Sean, for some reason, sign their tiny chalkboards. <laughs> so, then, so then when they write the other one's name, they have to indicate, like, which name is the one they'll be eating and which name is their name. Yeah. They're, like, pointing at each other. It says Brayden, Sean. Sean, Brayden. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a more confusing I'm with stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, we we know it's your board. You're holding it. You're holding it. Right. it. That's the signature. It's like when your parents sign their text to you and you're like, Ex- it actually comes with your name on it. Yes. Yeah. Like we, we we're aware. <laughs> Brayden is sure he's gonna win this time because it's not about the challenges, it's about who charity wants. And he is sure that that is him. But it turns out to be Aaron. And when it turns out to be Aaron, suddenly Brayden is very surprised that it's not about any of the challenges and who did better <laughs> challenges. <laughs> I've never seen this actual pivot happen in fall in on real the show. Time. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he didn't show any skills at all. He didn't show anything. And he's now like shirtless in his in the moment to show like maximum dominance, I guess. He's like, it wasn't anything new. It was generic. Oh, you want to be down on one knee at the end? Whatever. You want a cookie-cutter guy, that's a cookie-cutter guy right there. And it's like, I just feel like his... To be... To have him think that that was the issue when, like, really his answer was so asinine. Like, (laughs) it had nothing to do with charity. Like, he didn't even say, I want charity and I to be content. He just said, I want to be content. He's the only one who did not think of charity at all in his final answer. Right. And so it's like, it's not even, okay, maybe if he was like a normal guy and he's like having these issues, like, I don't know if I can propose to someone who I barely know. Okay, sure. But you're clearly like this narcissist who's 100% in this for you. It doesn't actually matter to you who the Bachelorette is. None of this is about this other person. It's all just about the Brady show. Yes. None of it is about her. Yeah. That is the key. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, he is so uninterested in charity. And I think that even comes through in the little clip we have from his In the Moment rant. It's nothing against her. She's a great girl, but it's just, like, I love life. And, I mean, I'm not just going to settle for someone that doesn't add to my life. I like her. I think she's an amazing woman. She might just be an amazing woman for someone else that's not me. I love that that's intermingled with the sounds of Aaron and Charity making out at the kissing tree. But basically... So fucking rude. Every compliment that Brayden has for Charity is just like, she's great. She's amazing. She and I have a great connection. Like, there's, there doesn't seem to be anything specific about Charity. No. Except that she is hot and great and she makes him feel really good about himself and like chosen and then he gets to be like so giddy and pleased with himself after she gives him affirmation and now he's like she's not giving it to me right now so i'm big mad she sucks (laughs) she's giving i need to leave she's not making me feel special right now so maybe she's not someone i have an incredible connection with and she's just a great woman over there If you are a person that needs that much constant affirmation and the minute you don't get it, you, like, 
lash out and are rude about your partner, like that is not a good person to be in a relationship with. A hundred percent not. And like, we've seen so little, you know, he acts like, oh, I'm this person that enjoys life and has so much fun. We've seen so little of that person. You seem miserable. You're miserable to be around. And also, if you're that jealous and weird, don't, and petty, don't go on a show where the entire premise is one woman dates a bunch of men and figures out which one she wants to be with. I, too, think I would have a deeply difficult time on this show. Oh, yeah. So, among other reasons, like, I am aware that I'd be a nightmare on this show. I would never go on a show like this. Yeah. You have to to have that self-awareness. Yeah. Exactly. He really does toggle back and forth between seeming, like, openly miserable and being like, I'm having a great time now, but in a way that's actually scary and unsettling. (laughs) Right. Right. It's like the hiking thing. It's like, even when he's, quote unquote, having a good time, we're also deeply unsettled. That's what's going on on the inside can't be actual joy. Yeah, exactly. Bad vibes. So it's time for the night date. And this, of course, is just another opportunity for Brayden to get in his in-the-moment interviews and posture about how above the other men he is like he's the youngest one there but he's actually more mature than them because he's being real and they're naive with their perspective they think they really have a relationship with charity and he's the only one who actually does and so finally he breaks in on all of their again they're sort of like boilerplate bachelorette conversation of like i really want to advance our connection tonight and like it's crazy how quickly i'm developing feelings for her and he finally chimes in and is like i'm very serious about determining whether i can see myself with this woman for the rest of my life and the men immediately they're like ready <laughs> to go and they're just trade. so fucking annoyed with him by <laughs> mm-hmm. this point aaron and is like, like you're you wasting imagine- everyone's time <laughs> Like, how much time they've spent with Brayden that we're not seeing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this this would be exhausting. Exactly. Like, his energy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Aaron is is right when he says, like, you're, you're so pessimistic. Like, you're just always negative and complaining. Like, you've had so much time with her. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shouldn't there be some excitement to, or, like, hope or optimism and instead you're just like whenever someone spends all their time in the house just like lying around moaning instead of at all being excited about the person that they're dating it it never ends well it just doesn't and Brayden is like I'm just being a realist and Aaron is like yeah no I'm a realist too but you're the only one that like has this bad attitude that's giving off this bad vibe like it doesn't need to be that pessimistic And this, of course, leads Brayden to reopen the whole drama about how Aaron talks shit about him to Charity. It's like, you didn't need to drag my name into it. My relationship with Charity has nothing to do with you. And Aaron's like, I didn't talk about your relationship with Charity. I talked about your actions around the house, like saying you were ready to leave. And in his in the moment, Aaron points out, like, he says he told Charity everything. Okay, so why is she upset? It seems like he didn't tell her everything. Sean also chimes in at this point and is like, Brayden, you've gotten the most time of anyone and you're the one questioning the process. Like, yeah, it must be absolutely... Solid points, boys. Yeah, A million percent. Yeah. At, at this point, Charity comes in and she has clearly heard that they're all yelling at Brayden from like down the hall. <laughs> and she looks stunning. She's wearing a power suit, which is appropriate um, as a manager when you 
need to fire the yeah. employee who's already been put on a performance improvement <laughs> yes. plan. Also, again, she is in wine red. It looks incredible on her, this like wine red suit. Brayden is wearing a dress shirt in the same color. Where is he? He getting- continues to be tipped off. He's getting tips from, mm-hmm. <laughs> from production. What is going on? Well, and like this whole segment felt like somewhat produced. Like it felt pretty produced, right? Like it felt like, okay, you well, guys be set. I mean, the show sometimes feels a little bit produced, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so we've heard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. But yeah, like it definitely felt like, okay, we're, th- we're going to have this moment right now. Like you yeah, guys be set yeah. here. Charity's going to walk in. The shit's going to go down. And Charity is ready to kick things off. She's like, what is this? What's the conversation? Everyone falls silent. She has to prompt them again. Sean finally pipes up to say, like, we're all here for an engagement. At this point, if someone isn't here for that, I'm not sure why they're here. And Charity's like, I agree. And Aaron's like, yeah, so Brayden keeps saying he has these doubts. There's only one guy here who's had his bags packed twice. And Brayden very confidently mm-hmm. is like, and that's me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going to own this. One backpack for each earring. <laughs> and Charity says, oh, okay. In a in an annoyed sounding voice. And Brayden is like, well, you already knew that. And she's like, not twice. <laughs> Uh, and Brayden is really frustrated at this point. He gets in his in the moment, and he's like, these guys are so two-faced, man. It's so bizarre to me. It's opened my eyes to how fake a lot of people are. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They all, like, openly dislike you at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's actually yeah. not two-faced. It's one face, and both faces <laughs> dislike you. Yeah, we literally just saw a scene where everyone publicly wrote on a board that they want to eat you. Yeah. agreement on this date that they would eat you out of (laughs) anyone present. Yeah, I don't know. I I just call me crazy. I think that's an indication of how they feel about you. Yeah. Yeah. If they if they were somehow conveying to you that they liked you, they weren't doing it very consistently because we're seeing a lot of evidence that they don't like you. So (laughs) he's feeling betrayed for some reason. Charity pulls him aside to talk. She sits him down. She's like, what's going on? And he says, I have not been excited since I got here. I've been down in the dump since I got to Washington. Do you think Braden's just feeling sad that they're, that he's not going to get any international travel out of this whole thing? Little he's bit. like, I Washington, they, I mean, I bet really? they all are. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since like, I got to Washington and realized that this is as far as my journey will take me. I feel like probably to Brayden's credit, he's not the only person that that has happened to. No, yeah. They're like, are you serious? We haven't left the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> but Charity... Not even Big Sur, guys. Just <laughs> Yeah, like, have they even been on a plane or did they have to take a tour bus <laughs> like a fucking from Greyhound. Oceanside yeah. to Washington State? Oh, like, God. I hope they took a plane. They wouldn't want to waste that much filming time. It's actually a very long drive, but <laughs> realistic to do which is not what you want on this show. (laughs) So Charity looks super frustrated. She's like, why? She's like, I can't, like, why are you, like, needing more from me right now? And Brayden immediately assumes a victim posture. He's like, our last conversation wasn't fun. I didn't know what I did wrong. All of a sudden, you're mad at me for something I thought we'd already talked about. And Brayden, Charity is like, Brayden, I wasn't mad at you. And he does this thing that I recognize from 
like when you're having a really unhealthy ongoing argument in a relationship of longstanding where you heave this sort of like disbelieving sigh, like, oh, here we go again. You're going to say that like, it's a different way than I'm saying. You're not like taking my feelings seriously, but in this way, that's like so weird to see from a contestant on The Bachelorette. (laughs) I'm like, why are you treating her (laughs) like you're like, girlfriend of many years that you're having like the same argument with for a million times you've had like one good day with this woman (laughs) and the rest of the time you've spent complaining about how she's not doing enough to reassure you it just seemed so presumptuous yeah and in this moment too because there is like she kind of like gives like it almost does seem like she's wanting to see something good in him still and that yeah. kind of confused me because I was like, what is it that she's seeing? There, I do think there's something that she was feeling a well, little bit conflicted about here. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. I just think that there aren't usually that many people that The Bachelorette feels like a spark with at mm-hmm. all, right? There's a yeah. small handful of men that early on, they're like, I'm actually interested in you. And so then I think what she's sensing is like, she's feeling disappointment that this person that she had hope in is... So disappointing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, like, her past relationship experience plays into this here. That, like, it's clear that she has put up with a lot of shit and that she yeah. is kind of probably used to being treated this way in conflict in her relationship. And so you see her, like, it's very easy for her to placate and to be like, oh, I wasn't mad at you. And then when he's, like, scoffing at her she's like stop let me explain and I'm like why are you now explaining to him when you went into this conversation to confront him but it's I think it's like clear that that's the dynamic that she's sort of become accustomed to I think you're right you're right and like we're seeing it because we're on the outside but like there is maybe a little bit of it's been normalized to her but like to her credit I feel like that's happening but she's also like catches herself yeah Yeah, she's aware of it and she's course correcting and she really reaches her limit in in this episode Yeah, she's like, just, I was like really scared to hear all those things about you because I feel so strongly for you. I need to know more about what makes this so hard for you. And he's like, well, I have no idea where I sit with you, which again, whatever. That's the opposite of what you're constantly saying. And Charity says that she is now aggravated because she's made it so plain how she feels about him. Somehow it's not enough. And I'm like, yes, this is the correct response. You should be (laughs) aggravated at this bullshit because it's not even like he's like coming to her like in a in an unassuming or like just like with his insecurities like like in a vulnerable way it's like a demanding Mm -hmm. way like you're not doing enough to make me feel secure he's not seeing that she's not the issue he's not coming to her like i'm having these issues he's coming to her projecting those issues onto her like you're having issues what are we gonna do about it yeah, what are we going to do about your issues, Charity? Yeah. It's truly the Brayden approach. So true. Oh my God, that's dark. And Charity is like, so what are you feeling right now? And he's like, I feel like I like you, but I feel like I don't want to be here right now. I don't feel like I'm capable of getting there in this environment. Finally, I can't believe that it's episode four and my reaction to a guy sending himself home is finally, but it's felt like a century. This is like the most responsible thing that he's done. Yeah, I think is saying like, I, this is not right for me. I need to remove myself. Yeah. Agree. And it sort of confounded me a little bit. Cause like really my read on Brayden has been like, this is a man who loves being on camera. Hmm. So I, I, it's interesting to me that he had the self-awareness to take himself off the show because I feel like a lot of what he has been doing has been trying to stay on the show. 
Yeah, it is a little... We don't know what's going on with Brayden, right? We don't know if it's heavily produced or, like, what his motivations are. It it wasn't what I expected, but I have to admit, I'm very cynical about him. And so my reaction was basically, like, he wants to look like he's in control. And it's clear that his run is coming to an end, so he's going to be the one to, like... He's going to take himself out before she can. I Mm -hmm. think that that absolutely... You can't fire me. I quit. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure that that's a big part of it. But I also, like, part of me was like, I don't even care because he just needs to go. So, like, great, cut it off now, be done, walk away. Yeah. Like, save her the trouble. And Mm -hmm. she walks him out right past the other guys. I believe we have a clip of her in the moment after this. I am not in the position to fix Brayden. He is reminding me so much of my past relationship, like, playing victim, not taking accountability. Brayden is the old. That's just not a road I want to go down, and it's something I know I can't avoid. Yes, I loved that. I was like, she, she sees it. Mm-hmm. She sees she what gets he's it. doing. Yeah. And that is very satisfying, because that is exactly what he was doing. And you would hate to see her really get in her head and feel like maybe it was her fault, which is clearly what he was trying to accomplish. And she's like, no, I see what he's doing. Exactly. In the limo, Brayden is immediately talking himself back into (laughs) overconfidence in this weird way. Shocker. (laughs) Shocker. He's like, I'm not going to play the victim. LOL. Okay, buddy. And he's like, "I yeah, I opened my mouth too much. But I do feel like there's something there with Charity, and the door doesn't really feel closed. It's like, honey, it's closed. Like Leave it, it should be. It's it locked. Be very it's closed. closed. The ring camera is on. We don't want to see you in the lens. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's stay away. Like, I do feel like maybe this was part of it, too, where by eliminating himself, he could be like, well, she didn't really want me to leave. And so if I decide that I'm ready to return, yeah, she would take that, me back. Which, whether that's yeah, for that. his own self-confidence or for his image or whatever, I do think that's part of he's He just wants uh, yeah, to feel like she, would, she wasn't really done with him. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah, he's someone who likes to double down on things. And there is a part of me that's like, there isn't really... Because sometimes we have seasons where, like, we have our main bad guy and then there's someone else that's going to continue the drama after, like, episode four or five when that person leaves. And I don't feel like there's that person in the cast. So they're I gonna find they're going to find someone. That's true. That's true. But yeah, yeah. there's no... There, there currently isn't. Even the Sean thing, they, like, immediately tidied that up. It doesn't seem I, like I Sean think, is in conflict with anyone at all. Mm-hmm. I, I do think, in general, the guys just get along really well, and they'll always find a way to create at least, like, the air of conflict so that for our benefit, but, like, it does seem like on the whole... There isn't, like, a natural-born yeah. villain performer yeah. right now. So maybe that's another... If the producers had a hand in that, maybe that's why they left that door open, too, was just to kind of, like, manufacture a little bit, just a yeah. little more. Yeah, I do I do think it's, like, he's our, he's the only guy who's performing at the level we need. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Charity takes some time to sit on the stairs with her head in her hands. She's annoyed. She's like, this was a waste of my time. I have way too many guys that are stellar that are here for me. And so she finally gathers herself, re-enters... And she's like, guys, Brayden will not be back. Let's all just move forward. They restrain themselves from cheering. (laughs) 
picking her up on their shoulders and carrying her around the room. They're so happy. Aaron's new favorite word is toxic. So every sentence we get from Aaron for the rest of the episode is like, the toxicity is gone. There was toxic behavior from Brayden. And now that toxicity has left the room. (laughs) And so Aaron takes time with her first and is like, I just want to check in. Like, you're so strong. I want to commend you. And she's like, thank you for bringing it to my attention and protecting me. She's like, we have such a strong relationship there are no doubts and she's like i really see a future with him aaron to me is classic first one-on-one date guy who definitely will not win they never ever win 100 percent. never but she feels really i think she's heading really safe with him i think he's getting far i think he's hometowns Uh, yeah Yeah, i I also think he's gonna be on paradise because he is friend of aaron clancy so he is a natural fit for paradise (laughs) And he's not he's not afraid to get in the mix yeah. with the conflict. He's not, and I, I think not he's got the double-edged sword of like he's the first fake guy, but he's also the one that has to break the news about the asshole is sort of the sacrificial lamb, usually, yeah. Yeah. because that yeah, ends yeah, up yeah. being like the kind of basis of your relationship. You're tainted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually wonder if Aaron being familiar with the franchise, knowing Aaron Clancy so well, if he, like, kind of knows what the score is or thinks he knows what the score is and is, like, happy with that. He's like, I'm going to be getting a lot of screen time. I'm going to be in the mix. I'm going to be on the show for a while, but then I won't, like, be on the spot at the end because then we get hints that maybe he doesn't actually feel ready to propose. Yes, from the promo, which is fascinating given that he is the one who came the hardest at Brayden for not being ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also literally says, I want this to end on one knee. Yeah. That was his answer. So we'll see. Yeah. Again, editing with the promos, hard to tell, but like just, I'm, I mean, you know. Well, it does go back to like a note of that. Brayden didn't totally not have a point. It's like you do get, that's the thing that was like kind of confusing about a lot of Brayden's points in this episode is he's such an unlikable person, but you are like, but okay, he's not totally wrong. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So Sean and all basically every guy just gets time with her and is like, this is an thank opportunity you. for me to shower you with praise and compliments. Like, thank you for getting rid of Brayden. I'm different from Brayden. Sean is like, I'm here for you <laughs> and to find my wife. Brayden wasn't. That's why I had to speak up. Joey is like, you handled the situation so well. You should feel good about how you're handling everything. And like, you make me feel so special. Like everything about this is so special. Everyone is just showering her with with accolades. They're like, you are the A-plus number one bachelorette in yeah, our they're eyes. like, thank you for sending our enemy home. <laughs> We're so grateful. The house is going to be so much less annoying now. At the end of the cocktail party, Charity gives the rose to Joey and tells them all she's grateful for all of them. And the men can't even be mad about not getting the group date rose because they're just so happy that Brayden is gone. And there's just like a good a good feeling hanging over it's the like, whole night. Like, a vibe shift has occurred. Yeah, a vanquishment has survived. happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so the next day, the good vibes continue. The sky is clear. It's sunny. Charity is ready for her date with Xavier. And she's ready to see if he can level up. She's like, he's easily a boyfriend, but can he reach husband level? This is so interesting because I hadn't realized until this date that Charity was sort of keeping Xavier at arm's length because he reminded her of people she had dated in the past. Yeah. Which is something that comes up throughout this whole date. 
Yeah. It's very interesting. It seems to be her whole focus on the date. Yeah. But it starts out fun. They're headed to the Hood River Fruit Fest, which I fully believe is fake. It doesn't exist. (laughs) I Googled it. I can't find anything. Really? Can't find anything about it. There's like a Hood River Harvest Festival. There's a Hood River like Blossom Festival, but like not a fruit fest. There's a lot of, and there's a Hood River Hops Festival. Okay, so Which the art is, department had a sign made already before they Googled to see if it was a real thing. Do you think <laughs> that they were just like, it? can a couple vendors from the Harvest Festival come on down? I mean, it's totally. literally like 20 people, plywood bins with the fruit company branded on them. So I think we know who provided promotional consideration for this date. And lots of pears with like grocery store stickers on them. <laughs> Because, like, <laughs> clearly these vendors, this is a real, like, area in which they do festivals. And, and there's these fruit. probably are actual vendors who come to these festivals. Yeah. The yeah, fruit company is that real. Fruit, a new offshoot. Was it in season when they were filming? Did they check and see if that was going to be? Or was there yeah. a VA that was like, shit, we got to go to Target and get some pears real quick. <laughs> that's the thing. I wonder if it just, like, was off I don't think the I don't think the pear harvest is in, like, April. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. This um, is not. <laughs> so a little bit of, a little bit of fantasy here. A little bit of fiction. Yeah, the Hood River Valley Harvest Festival is in October. So <laughs> Yeah. This is the Fruit Fest. Fruit famously all in April. Uh, and that's why you go to the supermarket to get it and get a banner that an, some intern printed at Kinko's the night before. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> of course. And Xavier and Charity are like, this is what a day to be at a fruit festival. Xavier is like, I've actually never been to a fruit festival, but I still know that this is a perfect location to be with Charity. I'm like, really? You've never been to a fruit festival? That's... It's very a very specific thing, so I guess yeah. that makes sense. You know what? Same, Xavier. Same. <laughs> yeah, I guess I've never been to one either. I, too, have not been to the yeah. Hood River. Fruit no, fest, and I, I love fruit. Yeah. Same. It, it's, like, actually made for me. This date <laughs> would be the perfect place for me to fall in love. And he's like, this is the perfect place to just be an existent vibe with charity. So they're checking out the booths. They're trying pepper jelly, squishing pears with their feet, which is gross looking it looks weirdly milky and their feet don't look that clean (laughs) i assume they wash their feet right i don't i've never really been comfortable with grape stomping to be honest but the pears were even pears were even more upsetting because of how milky they looked milky and at least in grape stomping i feel like the alcohol kills germs right and they're just making like the thing pear like jam basically yeah no like no thanks no thank you (laughs) they are bobbing for apples they're just having so much fun she's like i always have so much fun with xavier but he does remind me of my past exes she and she she describes this in a way that i thought was actually interesting and revealing she's like he just gives me so many compliments and it actually bothers me because I don't want people to be with me because, oh, you're just so pretty. You're so attractive. And she's like, I know he's just being sweet. I don't want to look at him that way because that's not fair to him. I know there's more to him. Yeah. She seems to be realizing that like she is reading his behaviors in a very specific, like through a very specific lens because of her experiences. And she's struggling to be like, are you full of red flags or are you just displaying behaviors that might be like totally nice and benign totally they're coming from a different person and that felt so 
relatable. Like if you are someone who has spent years dating, had a handful of bad experiences, it is a struggle to go into a date with a new person or a new relationship and be like, I can't hold this person accountable for the behaviors of other people. Exactly. And I think it can be, it can be a little bit like tricky territory to wade into when someone is like, I, to me, what separated like Dutton from Xavier is like the way Dutton talks about her and compliments her. It's not just about her being pretty. It's so specific to who she is. Exactly. And there's something so like very attractive and sexy about having someone see you like that. It's like anyone can see you're hot when you're hot. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. We we all see that Charity's hot. Yeah. Yeah. There's something so impersonal kind of about being complimented in that way, I think. It's true. Yeah. And I think especially, yeah, if you've then had a relationship like that go sour, you're like, oh, this is something that is designed to make me feel good and to let my guard down. But it's not, it doesn't mean that he really values me. And so there isn't that sense of safety. I mean, I remember when I was dating, always feeling really like uncomfortable with a lot of that kind of flirtation. Because it's just like, what are you trying to get? get me to like agree to by being like so like oh you're so pretty like I just you know like it just it feels like there's a an uncomfortable like expectation being placed it feels impersonal and like especially after you fall for it once I think I see why charity has her guard up because when it happens to you once it does make you like super skeptical of it I think indefinitely yeah, yeah, and it could again, it could just be like someone trying to be nice. Totally. But there yeah. is a reason that you're like, I have to dig a little deeper here to to find out what's behind this. Yeah. Yeah. It's not enough for him to just notice that I'm pretty. Like that's no. the baseline. Yeah. So they ride off on a little trolley, they snuggle, they kiss. She's having fun, but she's like honestly not seeming that optimistic about their relationship at this point. She's like, he really reminds me of my ex. And like, we haven't really progressed to like a deeper place. No, I was like, oh my God, was I so wrong about my feeling that Xavier was going to do well on this season? I was really starting to doubt myself at this point. Yeah. But then. Then it's time for the night date. They sit by a roaring fire in their cozy sweaters. And Charity is like, tell me if you're loyal. I need you to not cheat on me all the time. Imagine if he was like, I'm not. I love to cheat. Thank you for asking. Um, (laughs) This is a great opportunity for me to share with you how difficult I find it to be monogamous. Um, It's tough because, like, she needs to know that, but it's also something that, like, most people would lie about. Right. (laughs) If, If the answer wasn't good. So, you know, it's ultimately something you probably are going to have to learn through painful or hopefully not painful experience. But she's like, let's at least address it. So she's like, let's why don't let's talk about past relationships and our fears around relationships. And he says that when he's in a relationship, he gives all of himself and his fear is giving all of himself and not having it reciprocated and that that happened in his previous relationship. And he really wanted to be there for his partner, but he felt like he constantly had to ask for things that he needed, and that was really hard. And he it made him worry that, like, maybe what he has to say isn't all that interesting. Maybe he's not enough for his partner, that they want to, like, really pay attention to him. And you can see Charity just, like, breathe a sigh of relief <laughs> when she hears this. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, this is something I can relate to. Yeah. Maybe there's more to this person than 
I worried that there that there was. Yeah, and, and it, it was obvious yeah. vulnerability and an obvious genuine moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely read that way. To I me feel as like well. this is the um, I'm such a perfectionist answer oh, you know okay. like when it when you're in a job interview and they're like what's your biggest flaw as a as a worker and you're like oh you're i'm like, just i give too I much give too much i'm such a perfectionist and he's not the only guy who has said this to charity this season i believe brayden basically said the same thing that's like i just am such an empath and i'm such a giver <laughs> and like it's funny how differently you can receive it depending on whether you read someone as sincere and genuine but I do, I do buy it from Xavier. He does seem like a good guy to me. So my initial reaction is much more warm than when like Brayden says Totally. It. I agree. Same, same, same. Um, but it's also like, again, it just, I'm always just like, oh, well, that's the obvious thing to say. Like, that's the, the I'm a perfectionist <sighs> answer. But that is just like the trap of conducting dates in this way where you have to ask these kind of questions like what are you exactly supposed to say I mean there's not really well you're supposed to say this but then because it's such a perfect answer people like me are just like "Mm, that's a little too perfect exactly there's just like kind of no way to win it's kind of hard like the only way you kind of win is to just have a more natural conversation that doesn't involve these sort of like interview like questions but also it is just the job of the lead to ask these kind of questions. So that like, yeah. it just kind of goes with the territory. But Xavier, I do appreciate, he asks her a question back and he's like, what are you most wary of in a in a marriage? And she talks about the history of infidelity in her last relationship and the way that it messed with her self-esteem um, and the way that her ex, she thought she knew who he was, but that he was really skillful in sort of manipulating her and hiding his bad behaviors. And so that's really... That really scared her. Um, and Xavier says, you know, I'm sorry that happened to you. And like with me, you'll get you'll get complete honesty. And this seems to largely reassure Charity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then he talks a little bit more about why it's so important to him to have that intimacy and, and giving relationship with his partner. And we do have a clip of this. Uh, my mother, she actually suffers from multiple mm. sclerosis. Mm. And... My dad, he is primary caregiver. Anything she needs, he's right there at the drop of a hat. And so I want to do that same thing for my wife, the mother of my children, everything like that. And so I literally invested my whole life and career into the chance of like, the the chance of like helping her, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And so, that is like really Sorry. no it's, it's beautiful it's absolutely fun it's very sweet really really sweet yeah sweet moment um charity offers xavier the rose obviously they make out another guy yeah up on the up on my my top 4 list for her yeah back back at skamania lodge mm-hmm. the remaining men are all feeling great they're just like walking on the treadmill together side by side in their suits they're like the vibe is is so good <laughs> nothing could go wrong now that uh, brayden has has left us uh-oh uh <laughs> yeah what could possibly go wrong hmm. so it's time for the cocktail party charity is in 
a cherry red gown and a white fur-lined wrap. It was very, like, Mariah Carey Christmas album. Yeah, yeah real winter wonderland holiday party vibes. Yes. I really liked her looks in this whole episode, honestly. Yeah. I mean, she always looks beautiful and yes. she has good style. And yes. I feel like Carrie Fetman is playing off of that yeah. with his styling choices. It is funny how hard they went on some of the like holiday inspired stuff for a yeah. show that was <laughs> for the time in of the year. spring it's very and to be released in summer. In yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's very Mariah to be Christmassy in the summer. So that's right. It's so True. off. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Christmas, they're just doing Christmas in July. Aaron is in a white turtleneck under his sport coat, and he has massage oils to give Charity a back rub. He's like, this is how I express love. And I was like, you are almost definitely getting oil on her dress and or hair. And I was really worried about her garments. I was like, there is fur and silk. Like, <laughs> Yeah, IRL, I don't think any woman would ever go for that. We would just be like, no, no. Yeah, right like, no, 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 stop fucking with my outfit. Please. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. maybe you can touch my feet with that oil. Yeah, yeah. Like, at, late in the night when I've already, like, had a bottle of champagne. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I think one of the big challenges of being bachelorette would be accepting a lot of things that would mess up your my look. That mm. in real life, I would just be like, do not touch me. I just put yeah. on this red lipstick. <laughs> We're not making out right now. Exa- oh, my God, the red lipstick thing later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Charity brought a picture of herself as a kid to show Dotton. And so it's like now she is so showing him her her past. They're just like these two small humans are going to grow into big humans who fall in love. I mean, and it isn't is. that beautiful? It's like the, the, the slideshow at the wedding. Totally. Yeah, I, fe- I felt like I was watching that. I'm like, these yeah. two. <laughs> He's like, I just... I mean, this little girl deserves to be happy. Like, he wanted to be like, I just want to make this little girl happy. But he's like, no, no. I don't want to presume too much. (laughs) I love him. Joey and Charity basically just make out. I really uh, like Joey, but I feel like their relationship is basically just him being like, you're so beautiful. Your eyes are so beautiful. I love being around how beautiful you are. And then they make out. And that's... These two just are so attracted to each other. (laughs) Like... That is the vibe of their relationship. And that's, that's, I love that for Charity. She needs someone who's just going to be like, you're amazing. Um, I want to make out with you. That's and that's we- all he demands. The weird thing about The Bachelorette and The Bachelor is like, we're seeing like what would normally be different phases in a person's life, like play out simultaneously. Like yes. in real life, Joey would just be like a couple of months in Charity's summer two years yeah. ago. Yeah. 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 But she's having them all. She has her makeout boyfriend. She has her like serious marriage track boyfriend. She has her toxic mind fuck game boy. fuck boy mm-hmm. boyfriend <laughs> all <laughs> happening at once. That's so true. She uh, then takes Tanner outside on a Sasquatch hunt, wink, wink, just making out outside. Tanner's really growing on me. I kind of thought he would be gone by now. And yeah. I'm like, huh. This guy. I I thought he would have, like, an earlier one-on-one because I definitely saw a clip of him on a one-on-one in an early season trailer. But I didn't think he would... I'm just like he's like kind of a sleeper. Like, he's he hasn't been getting much time with her, but he's still around. Yeah, I I still don't think he's going to be Final Four, but I 
didn't think he was going to be final six. So but there we go. I feel yeah. like he's just the right level of neutral. Like sometimes these guys slip in just because they're not like offensive enough to leave and they're just hot enough to stick around. But there's not really yeah. much I there. think those kind of guys tend to be eliminated right before hometowns because mm-hmm. they're like a calming force. They have a friendly vibe. They like to make out with the lead. They're just like, they're not causing the lead stress. Yeah. And so they will stick around as long as they as long as the lead can keep them around without the stakes being too high. And so, exactly pre-hometowns is, I think, when he'll go home. But this is not what production wants. All of these guys are getting along. Charity is getting along with all of these guys. They're all just making out, and and they're all telling Charity how wonderful she is. And so it's time for a certain someone to arrive on foot from the woods in the dark of night Wearing flip-flops and a statement scarf. And, of course, that person is Brayden. Which, can we just say, to tie into the Bigfoot episode, an arrival via flip-flop was just good cinema. I know. I was like, well done, guys. You produced this well, and I really appreciate it. We love that continuity. By this point in the episode, I was like, I feel like they're actively trying to produce the effect of, like, that Again, that guy from freshman year who wears flip-flops all year, even mm-hmm. though it's a four-season climate. Like, <laughs> it was just so pointed with the flip-flops, and they keep talking about how cold it is. And they're clear, they're, they're like, crafting this character for him. Because it's a guy that so many of us know and have found annoying in our oh, lives. Oh, absolutely. Look, if they could have gotten the rights to it, we would have seen him playing Redemption Song on the guitar. Yeah. Like... <laughs> As a summer camp kid, um, that low-key would have worked on me. Yeah, uh, so. that's the problem. It works on everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he storms past all the guys. They're all like, why are you here? Why is he here? And he just ignores them and stalks right past them. And they're all very offended and violated that he didn't say anything to them. Mm-hmm. But he has no time for that because he has to have an important conversation with Charity. And he walks in on Charity, sucking face with John. Which, like, the audio on that sucking face, (sighs) it was so much exponentially louder than any other elements in the scene. And they cut the music, but they don't score it at all. Yeah, just in the clear silence and (laughs) only the audio of the (laughs) yeah. And you're just like, oh my god, I need to crawl out of my skin right now. It really made me think about how silent it actually is in the background in a lot of these scenes, and you just are used to the score filling in and like creating the romantic or the tense oh atmosphere. yeah it's just yeah. so much silent awkwardness that's like probably 90 percent <laughs> of the footage they get and brayden is just like standing there for like a while so long just like looking like, annoyed until they finish kissing until john clocks in and is like oh uh and charity turns around and is like <gasps> <laughs> Dramatic sting. Cut to commercial. It's very serial killer vibes. This this whole thing just felt really, really, really produced to me. I mean, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Like, I, I They drove did... him there in, like, a sprinter yeah. van. Yeah, and then well, they were, that, like, walk yeah. through the woods, and then we'll get some footage of that. I also just, like, have this feeling from the conversation that he had with Charity that they were, like, Charity's really hurt by the way that you left. She feels like, you know— 
she did something wrong. I think you need to go back and like reassure her that it wasn't her fault. You need to make things right. Yeah. That's yeah. And I I mean, do you guys think John knew Brayden was coming? No. Like that whole no, I don't think no. no. I actually Absolutely don't. Not. Because I think no. they get more genuine think... reactions yeah, from the so guys startled. being startled than if they tried to make John perform. No it was one just knew. so no one long he was that he was standing there before they noticed. I was like, "Well, it's a really big room, okay, and they yeah. were just like making out with each other with their eyes." That's closed. true. That's, That's true. the thing. Often when there's a walk-in like this, they're like talking, right? And then it, you easily see <laughs> someone walk in, but they're just like eyes closed, like smooching. It's not until they actually finish making out that they are paying enough attention to their surroundings. And, <laughs> and another produced thing: clearly, they wanted. Brayden to walk in on this and then have to stand there. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is all, like, go pa- now, all go part now. of it. It all plays into the flip-flops and the big in the big yeah. foot and the hiking in the yeah. woods. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, they they're very deliberately giving this horror movie vibes. Like that's not like an accident. They're like, let's make this like slasher movie style. Yes. And they made that happen. The men are also just like losing it. Because they thought Brayden was gone forever and he's here. Sean is like, I can't control my emotions right now. I've never been this upset in my life. They're all just absolutely losing their minds. Whenever Sean addresses any drama, he always makes it sound like he has had literally the easiest life that a man could possibly have. (laughs) And he looks it. He does. Yeah. He's always like, an obstacle a feeling? I don't like this. I've never had this before, and it feels bad. <laughs> is and this he, the talking head where he clowns on Brayden's scarf? Yeah, he's yes. like, <laughs> he's here in his flip-flops and his shitty scarf, and that's when we cut to the end of the moment, and the producer's like, you're wearing a scarf. What's the difference? <laughs> and he's like, well, this is cashmere. <laughs> Which it was such a douchey thing, but I do love when people are just so themselves. And that was like yeah, a moment so, where it's like, yeah, it's so douchey, but it was so perfect. Yeah, this it's like, cashmere. this is something a shitty yeah. person would say, but you, you t- it takes all types to make a season of The Bachelor. Exactly. And he's playing it to the hilt. Finally, we do see Charity sit down with Brayden, and she's, like, thrown off. She clearly is very worried that her red lipstick is very smudged after the makeout she just finished under Brayden's surveillance. So she keeps, like, covering her mouth with her hand and, like, smiling really nervously. Like, I feel like it put her on the back foot. Mm -hmm. To start this, she feels, like, exposed. And I would, too, if I thought I had red lipstick all over my face. But she actually looks great. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I want to know what that lipstick is that you can make out in. Yeah, I know. It never works out for me. He apologizes to Charity for how things went with his departure. He tells her there are lots of things he wishes he could have opened up to her about, but he hasn't been able to trust himself in the process. And Charity is like, well, I respect your feelings, but I I was disappointed I had to walk in on that conversation and question myself. I was giving you these opportunities to open up and meet me there, but you, you're not. And she's like, I don't know if you ever saw yourself at the end with me. And then Brayden says this. It's nothing that you did, and that's kind of why I wanted to come back today to make sure that you knew is that there was nothing that you did wrong in this whole process. No, I know it wasn't me. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not not doubting that. You don't have to be sorry about anything. I just wanted to make sure that you knew that, again, there was nothing that you did in this process. I was was getting in over my head, and I... Yeah, you were. (laughs) And I just, I wish you the best of luck on this process. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love this. She's like, 
LOL, dude. I know I didn't do anything wrong. Thank yeah. you. It is yeah. it is very much giving Kendall showing up at Joe's proposal to Serena on that's, Paradise. That's the thing. Yeah. It, it, it really smacks of like producers told him that Charity was having a certain emotional yeah, reaction. I think and, that was a really good observation. Yeah. And played on his empathy. Like, it, and like, you have to do this and you have to, you have to make it right. And that's why it was like, almost felt a little off. Like I understood why the men were all so furious, but you're like, clearly this was produced. He came back, he said his thing and he's just leaving again. Like, yeah, it felt pretty mid. Yeah. Cause there wasn't really any new information either beyond like, that's an interesting take that the producers were trying to play up on as empathy. Cause I initially read it as like gaslighting really. Cause if you're like, it's nothing that you did. That's just like a way to deflect responsibility from yourself. Like I think the subtext is it is. I'm sure they hope that's how it will play to audience. Totally. But and I, yeah. Just like knowing how this show is made. Yeah. Um, I mean, also it doesn't even, I think it can be either thing. It can be like, Charity's really upset and feels bad. And he's like, oh, I want to make her feel better. Or it can be like, you really upset Charity and it's going to look really bad for you. Like, this mm, is your totally. last chance to come, like, be the bigger man and end things on a good note. Like, that actually seems like maybe a motivation that would matter more to him based on what we've seen from him. But mm-hmm. it's so true. Either way, it does absolutely reek of them telling him intervening intervening and being like this is what she is feeling and saying when it's not actually what her reaction is so that he's responding to something that like turns isn't real. isn't real no and it also like doesn't line up with like what we saw of him in the limo like it doesn't feel like his emotional reaction was at a place where he's gonna like come back to set on his own volition right no he and usually when they come back on their own volition they're like trying to get back exactly person and like yeah he wasn't doing that at all he was like i want to make sure you don't think this other thing and she's like i never thought that thing and then they're like okay cool and then they're like great now the other men are really pissed and they're all gonna get really aggro and be like bro i'm a man bro how dare you bro it's not how you treat a man (laughs) as a man wearing a cashmere scarf and a worm as a man and a worm the men are all all fuming during this time john is like storms back he's like brayden stole my time again and i'm on the chopping block tonight i don't have a rose on my chest how the hell is she gonna remember our conversation when that happens shauna michael still haven't gotten any time at all they're like the disrespect to charity and us. <laughs> this is about charity for but sure. But definitely yeah. charity is what we're worried about. We're just about, super and protective. Us. And also, I love that John was making out with her so hard <laughs> that she didn't, that neither of them noticed another person in the room and he still feels that he didn't get enough time to get to know her. It's like, well. Yeah, he's like, yeah. how could she possibly remember me? <laughs> right? Well, you know what? It turns out he was right. I know. So, uh, hard to he's knock right. him for that one. And on the other hand, it's at a certain point, like I get why they're feeling what they're feeling but you're also just like she knew she knows who she yeah likes. well it comes down to she's just <laughs> like, not that into you like it's, exactly. it, that's the, always the thing on the show like they act like i got denied this time with them and it's like no the the ones they want to hang out with they hang out with yeah yeah they don't care about having time with you right. and either they're gonna push you forward because you make sense for the storyline and you're like that last two people that they're like sure producers who do you think 
Or they're just not, like not into you at all and you're going to go. Yeah. Period. And that's yeah. just it. Yeah. So Brayden walks pa- back past the men to leave. Aaron is trying to like block him. He's like, you apologize to John right now for what I'm you like, did yeah, to him. yeah, Aaron, you really care about John. <laughs> they all get real <laughs> defensive of John. And like, poor John. <laughs> John is just like, I very much wish to both get an apology and also not have this happen exactly yeah Uh, (laughs) let's figure out something else i i also was like aaron what are you doing this is a great way to look kind of like powerless here because you aren't going to physically make brayden stop and apologize to john that obviously isn't happening and brayden just brushes right past him and i'm like so now you just look like someone who's easily swept aside and ignored like why and also easily swept into like Petty into drama. conflict for no reason. Well, yeah. I guess he's paradise auditioning, and I think it's probably effective. I think, ex- mm-hmm. well, exactly. This yeah. friend of Aaron Clancy. Yeah. Exactly. He knows the score. He's like, you're not a man. You're a worm. You're a gnat. I was like, wow, where, way to steal that line from James Kennedy. <laughs> I was going to say, worms are very in the zeitgeist at the moment. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. I'm sure this might have, uh, this was probably filmed around, I guess, Around the I same think time. The reunion, yeah. yeah, spring. We were just feeling yeah, worms this spring. It was spring. filmed yeah. in, yeah, filmed in March, the Vanderpump reunion. I love that there, there are two kinds of worm relationship discourse. It's men who are worms <laughs> because they're bad boyfriends. And it's women being like, if I were a worm, you should definitely still love me the same as if I were a human <laughs> woman. I just didn't realize that worms were like this present no, in our modern dating They're culture. cool and sexy like, now. And then I'm just remembering Heidi Klum's Halloween costume this year. Worms are yeah. in the there we zeitgeist. Go. <laughs> <laughs> and they're so important to our ecology. So I, I think that's beautiful. Brayden blows them all off. He gets in the party van <laughs> clearly brought him to the woods and john is like i'm gonna demand an apology he like pops his head in brain is like yeah i'm sorry man and john is like no listen you come here and steal my time that's not how you treat a man bro that's not how you treat a man bro is just chef's Ugh, kiss they're all saying bro so much man and bro brain is like i wasn't here to start drama i just didn't want to see those jackasses in there and Aaron overhears this and is like, fuck you. And Brayden is like, I'll whip your ass, man. And he like jumps off of the bench seat and tries to get They're, out of the It's van. also just like, I'm like, Aaron and Brayden, neither of you are going to fight each other. But they both are like, I'm going to fight you, man, bro. I'm a man, bro. You're not a man, bro. I'm going to fight strong, you, man, hold bro. Me back, yeah. bro yeah, they both are like. Yeah, but like performative hold yeah, me back, Yeah, they're both bro. like the yeah. air. No, the exactly. Air is holding me back. <laughs> they're like, no, hold me back. Please hold me back. Please? I don't want to fight. Please? Please, I'm scared. Hold me back. Aaron's like, you will not fucking touch me. You are not a man, bro. And Brain's like, I'm not a man. I'll fuck you up, bro. This is parody. This is parody. Neither of them are moving. Truly. First of all, from they're just no. like, oh, God. they're like, yeah, yeah, we will definitely be fighting. It will be happening. <laughs> and fa- poor John is like, guys, this is my conversation, please. But no one's listening to John anymore. This was never about John. Brayden is like, I'm not talking to you guys. Aaron's like, yeah, don't talk to us. Get out of here. Close the door. Press the gas. I love that Aaron is finally like, yeah, you should leave. And Brayden's like, that's what I was, <laughs> that's what I was doing. And then you f- tried to fight me. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so Brayden leaves. 
thankfully. And uh, that was really fun for everyone, I think. They got to get some of their feelings out. They got to pretend that they could kick someone's ass in yeah, a fight. I, like, I hope mm-hmm. you all feel better now, okay? You're all you're all <laughs> such big men. Good job. Yeah. You can yeah. fight. And honestly, the most camera time John was ever going to get. So I feel like oh, a good time was had by poor all. John. <laughs> oh, John. <laughs> They're all like, it's time to finally have more time with Charity. Like, they don't fucking know the score by now. This cocktail party is so over. Yeah, it guys, was never going to continue. <laughs> John is like, I call dibs on finishing my conversation first. And they're all like, of course, man. <laughs> Shockingly, no one gets any more conversations. It's time for the rose ceremony. And there are only three roses on the table because we're down. We're going down to six guys by the end of this episode. Truly wild. Dot and Joey and Xavier already have roses, and the roses go to Aaron, Tanner, and Sean. Inexplicably, over John. Really? Did not see that coming. I see it coming because the aforementioned well, reason of I could see Sean being the new Yeah, clearly handful. that's why he's there, but it was just like, you're like, Charity's not into Sean. Maybe. Or, I don't no, know. Maybe I she don't is know a little. that she's not into Sean. She did pick him to make out with on the pier after the Barbie and Ken date. That's I think true. she does like making out with Sean. Yeah, but she seemed to like making out with John too. I think she likes making out. I will say that about her. And I relate I that. to that. And yeah, really love yeah. that about her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did think that John was going to get a one-on-one before he went home. Same. So I, I was a little, I was a little surprised, but that's our final six. And it's going to be hometowns in like absolutely no time. This season has flown by. In his In the Moment, Caleb weeps and says that he learned from Charity how quickly you can fall in love. <laughs> Because gosh dang, do I have feelings for that girl? I know for a fact one of those men will be her husband and it's going to be perfect. The remaining men and like Caleb, who are you? Love each other so much. They're all just like, oh, they bro, really do. Bro, I'm so sorry to see you go, bro. You are a real man, yeah. bro. Yeah. Let's hug it out. That's that's what a real man beautiful, is. Beautiful, beautiful bromance. Charity's so lucky she gets to keep hanging out with these guys. I know. It's really cute. <laughs> <Yeah>. it's, <laughs> it's, it's really, really cute. They're like, who's more lucky, Charity or these six incredible I, men? I know. I don't know. They're all so great. Yeah, I actually really like Caleb. Like, would watch a show just about him. Like, he's cute. <laughs> Caleb is a... An interesting, an interesting guy because I feel like he comes across so well, and yet we know very little about him. We've definitely heard some rumblings that he might not have great politics, but oh, which, which again, no, can never which surprise again? you about anyone on this show. Like, no, that no, should just yeah. be a baseline. But but I, he does give me paradise. Yeah. I, I wonder if we will get to see. I more sort of, of him. suspect he's got huge yes. paradise energy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his facial hair is deeply unsettling. <laughs> Yeah, um. there's something about him that is like, you're like, he, like Sean, I feel like he has a lot of the components of being handsome, but they're put together in a way that's like a little cartoony and, yes. and on you and like, huh, interesting um, that they're combined in that way. Um, but yeah, he's always giving the most like soft boy in the moment. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and I want to like, see him wrestle. Wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no more Caleb, no more John, no more Michael, the yacht captain. We have our final six after four it's episodes. It's really crazy. I'm, I mean, we're halfway done. I'm honestly kind of mad. I'm like, justice for charity. I know. I know. I'm pissed. Yeah. I'm pissed. I, I think that they are 
they're clearly responding to the fact that viewership is down across all of these kind of shows. Um, there's just so much content, and I feel like they are trying to produce these shows um, for less money. And so they're giving us fewer fewer episodes. They're traveling to less extravagant places. Like, are they even going to leave the country before hometowns? I honestly don't think Maybe so. Maybe not, right? Because usually they're there for like at least, if they leave, if they go to another country, that's usually at least three episodes. Right. And they only have one episode until hometowns, clearly. I think that they are only yeah. going to leave for Fantasy Suites and Final Rose. That's my prediction, given where we are. Pretty crazy. We're halfway through the season. But these final six, there's a lot of solid dudes and solid connections in there. And in our credit sequence, we get Jesse Palmer stomping around the woods <laughs> in a Bigfoot costume. He's just... Yes. I, I love that Jesse can commit to a bit. I really respect that about him. Um me yeah. too. And he's got that vanilla pudding aspect that I think we've come to know and love from this franchise. And <laughs> he works for me. I'm I'm a Jesse Palmer fan, honestly. I like Jesse. And I like these. I have always liked the skits on The Bachelor when we acknowledge like this is theater. Yeah, like we're being goofy. Yeah. We're being ridiculous here. Yeah. And Jesse, Jesse gets that. And he's, he's willing to perform. Tess, this brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for joining us. This was such a blast. Thank you so much for having me. Can you tell all of the people where they can find you and all of your wonderful work? Yes. Uh, you can follow me on all my social stuff is Testify Barker with two S's. My podcast, Lady to Lady, comes out every Wednesday. You can get that everywhere. And then I have a short form documentary podcast called Toxic, the Britney Spears it's so Story. so good. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, this, this was, was so super fun. fun. Yeah. We'll have to do it again sometime. Thank you for, for joining. Thanks, guys. And now it's time for a love to see it, hate to see it. First up, love to see it. And I just have to say, we love to see the ascendance of Dotton. I feel like we were waiting for this one-on-one -on -one and it did not disappoint. And we were just swooning over the romance between these two. Yeah, that date gave me... Just like warm, fuzzy feelings. I also love to see the way these grown men were appropriately intimidated by the Girl Scouts and their no-nonsense attitude. They do not fuck around. They call things like they see them. And I think that it was it was very nice to see them recognize that those girls were much more tough than they were. Exactly. We, you know, you have to respect authority figures and these girls are authority figures. <laughs> we also, I mean, hated that she had to do it, but love to see Charity finally drawing a line with Brayden and just like pushing back hard on his bullshit, recognizing that the pattern of behavior displayed in their relationship was not going to be healthy for her and that she did not have to deal with it anymore. Yeah. Love to see Brayden finally vanishing into the woods and then, you know, vanishing again into the woods. I I did love Brayden as a villain because he was so over the top and just really went for it, like scenery chewing, camp. It was incredible, and it was time for him to go before he truly fucked with Charity's mind. So, like, goodbye, Brayden. So glad 
that your arc is coming successfully yeah, to Thank you end. for your service, and it's time to exit. <laughs> Finally, we love to see some truly sweet moments of bromance, just bros hanging out with other bros on the treadmill, bros weeping over their bros leaving. Yes, this is the friendship I, we crave. I also love that that came out as moments of bromance, which I think sounds like a beautiful clip show <laughs> that they should do of like bachelorette through the years moments of romance <laughs> i'm just full of great That's ideas beautiful. my brain doesn't even know you are they should be paying more attention uh and now it's time for hate to see it hate to see brayden suggesting that it is somehow extra masculine to be cold um it's not girly to wear a coat like, that's actually fine. And then if you need to be really self-sacrificing and show your devotion to your partner by giving her your coat, you have one to offer, Brayden. Just an idea. This works on multiple, multiple what levels. Good, what good is being half-naked doing charity? <laughs> Absolutely none. We also hate to see the men, but mostly Brayden, just like eating unidentified foraged foods, including potentially poisonous mushrooms. Do not try this at home, kids. This is not behavior you should be emulating. Yeah, it's actually really dangerous, and I'm concerned. Hated to see Brayden continuing to be emotionally manipulative towards Charity, playing the victim, like trying to always put her in the position of the bad guy and their dynamic and extract, like, more from her. It was really frustrating to watch. Also hated to see Charity's quality makeout sesh with John getting interrupted by Brayden. Justice for John and Charity's mutual lip-locking. <laughs> also hated to see Sean making it to final six over John, but... We get it. I don't... For, I the, mean, for the show. We, yeah, sure. Um, but... <laughs> we support your decision. Yeah, we charity. support you. And finally, we hate to see Aaron B just getting way too into the conflict with Brayden, even when Brayden is leaving. Don't sully yourself, Aaron B, although maybe you do know exactly what you're doing as a friend of Aaron Clancy. Major Aaron Clancy <laughs> energy in that in this final final turn for Aaron. And now it's time. To rate this episode out of 10 real-life Disney princesses. I mean, the power of that dot and date, for me, this is like a 7. Yeah, I, I'm going to give us our, our first 8 for me because I felt the romance this episode. I really did. Dot yeah. and then maybe a little bit less so, but like still with Xavier. We also got moments of charity just wearing true princess outfits, like ruling over over her kingdom with benevolence and yeah uh, yeah I, I felt that fairy tale energy yeah she was looking the part she was feeling the part more than she has I think so far this season and she she vanquished the the villain so you know that is what we crave at the end of uh, a Disney movie so yeah, this was a standout episode for me. And on that note, that's it for this episode of Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Tess Barker. 
Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Talon Stradley. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please remember to follow us, rate us five stars, and leave a review. And of course, spread the word to all of your friends about Love to See It. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clareandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at Love to See It Pod and Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at clareandemma.substack.com. We talked about the bear this week and had a lot of fun. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emily Rose. We'll be back next week with more on Charity's beautiful journey. Stitcher.